Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett. This is my wife, Sherry. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to be starting a brand new Bible study tonight, a new brand new book, uh, The Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack. And so uh, we, we look uh, forward to, to getting into this book tonight. I'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, you know, all of our, just so you know, going forward, all of our Bible studies on this book, on this study, will be archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. That's where all of our uh, Bible studies and teaching mes- teaching Sunday messages are archived, uh, previous Bible studies and books that we've gone through. <coughs> anyway, so we welcome you to, <coughs> excuse me, to join, a, to, to join us tonight as we, as we get into this Bible study tonight. We're really excited about this book. Uh, just so you know, you can also support our, our ministry uh, at lighthousediscipleship.org. Uh, as uh, many people have p- partnered with us so we can continue to bring this gospel, uh, not only here but around the world. Um, and so, you know, uh, we have, just on YouTube alone, we have over 5,000 followers now. Um, and we're pre- almost approaching the, the five and a half mark. Uh, five and a half a thousand. We have people from all over the world, from Pakistan to uh, Afghanistan to different places in uh, Africa, as well as uh, even some Asia and uh, uh, Latin America uh, countries, and so even across the U.S. as well. So we just thank you for joining us tonight. So, a Believer's Authority, brand new book, brand new study. Um, you can look at all of our previous uh, Bible studies that we we just finished one on uh, Wednesday nights uh, on our, our website and also our YouTube channel, like I just discussed. But I believe it's authority. Uh, this was the first book that was handed to me back in 2009-ish uh, um, on the on the subject on by the author Andrew Womack. I had never heard of Andrew Womack at the time. Uh, since then. Uh, uh, you know, let me just give you a brief little story, but uh, you know, we were, uh, I don't even, I don't want to get too long with the story, but uh, you know, the guy who introduced me uh, to it was actually had some weird teachings and whatnot, and uh, uh, as we began to break away in our, our, our relationship with him, uh, we were good friends at the time, but he just, uh, he got some weird teachings, and so we began to break away, and as we did, he handed me this book, if you're not going to believe me, maybe you believe this guy, and so when he handed it to me, because of the nature of the conflict, I, I just uh, thought, well, this guy's going to be teaching some weird stuff too, and so uh, I, I began to read it, but I began to read it with a critical attitude because of the nature of how it was handed to me. But as, as I began to read it, I began to realize he's teaching the real, he's teaching the truth, he's teaching good stuff here. And so I began, I actually closed the book, started over, and began to read it with a different attitude. How do you know you can't receive too well if you have a critical attitude? Um, we do need to, to test the scriptures to see if these things be so, but sometimes we can be so critical we don't receive anything. We're kind of like that flower that's just closed up, and we, you know, you can say, you can talk to the cows when come home, and no one's going to listen to you. Uh, or they're not going to listen to you. And so anyway, um, so this is a, uh, one of the first teachings I've ha- heard of Andrew. And uh, this was actually about a year or two. Actually, that was 2009. It wasn't until 2013 that I actually heard the man preach. <laughs> uh, so this was a few years before I even heard him speak a message, at least live anyway. And um, So anyway, um, so we're excited about getting into this book. It's a little different. There's a subtitle here, uh, What You Didn't Learn in Church. And so he's going to be talking about some things, uh, especially spiritual warfare in some regards. Uh, not in the way that you probably typically heard. And I, I you know, most of the way I've heard uh, spiritual warfare just doesn't seem quite biblical to me. And he brings it to a better biblical perspective. But it's not just spiritual warfare we're talking about. Even though we are in a war, in a sense... Uh, spiritually speaking, it's not a war between God and us, but there is a uh, a spiritual war, uh, principalities and powers and whatnot. But we have authority. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and and we are uh, we are believers. And we, are, you know, I love Lawson Purdue who says we're believers because we believe. <laughs> you know, the it says in Romans one sixteen that. 
I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God, but you have to believe it. If you don't believe it, that power can have all the power in the world, but until you access that power, it's not going to have an effect in your lives. Same thing with electricity. You can have electricity uh, you know, wired in your house, but until you flip the switch, the lights don't go on. And so we need to believe. And the gospel is the power. It's not just a source to the power. It is the power of God. Unto salvation, uh, and what's salvation? Uh, what's salvation? Soteria is an all-inclusive word that includes healing, wholeness, uh, deliverance, prosperity. It's salvation. And so the gospel is the power of God to, unto, I love the King James, unto salvation for everyone who believes. And so and we believe, and as believers we have authority. The devil wants to deceive us to thinking we don't have authority, but we do have authority. Anyway, I don't want to teach the message before we even get into it. So uh, Sherry's going to read for us, she's going to narrate for us, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, we're going to start with, the, if you have a book, I don't know if you do, because you might not even hear, have heard of Andrew yourselves. Uh, we're going to start with the introduction, and then uh, go into chapter 1 today. Most people have a humanistic view of how life works. Even though Christians don't like this terminology, many of them function day by day with this same mentality. By only looking on the surface level, they don't recognize the spirit realm behind it all. Humanists don't acknowledge God. As a whole, they're either agnostic or atheist, believing that everything in life has a natural physical cause. It's sad to say that many Christians have the same attitude. They don't realize the spiritual dynamics behind what's happening in the physical realm. We are in a spiritual battle. Every single day there is a battle raging in the spirit realm for the heart of each individual person, society, and the world as a whole. God is trying to draw us toward himself and righteousness. He's trying to influence us to live consistently with him so that his blessings can manifest in our lives. At the same time, Satan is trying to steal our hearts away from God. In an all-out battle against the Lord and his kingdom, the enemy is pouring all the trash and corruption he can into our lives. Most of us, even Christians, don't recognize the intense battle being waged all around us each and every day. We don't know the spiritual significance of our choices, words, and actions. We're functionally ignorant of how these things determine whether we're yielded to God and releasing his power and blessing into our lives or yielded to Satan and releasing sin and death into our lives. Romans 6.16 6. The devil can't control you outside of your will. However, your lack of awareness and understanding of the battle only works to his advantage. If you choose to believe God's word and learn to recognize what's happening in the spirit realm, <coughs> you be can begin taking the proper action to improve your situation. You can cooperate with God to manifest his power and blessings. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. You can resist the devil, and he will flee free from you. Your passivity and lack of resistance doesn't mean that the battle isn't raging. It just simply means that you aren't winning. Satan is beating you in this area. The revelation of God's word contained in this book has the potential of transforming your life as you begin to understand and exercise your authority as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan will flee and God's power and blessings will manifest in your life greater than ever before. Awesome. So again, we're t we're studying the Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack, right? and uh, and so this is one of the first teachings uh, that I, I got from Andrew, and we've actually done this Bible study before in our church, uh, but this is the first time we're live streaming, so I'm kind of excited about that. Let me just, uh, we just barely get into the introduction so far tonight. Let me just highlight some things that uh, Andrew has said so far in the introduction uh, of this book, of this study. First thing he says, most people have a humanistic view of how life works. 
Uh, he goes on to say, humanists don't acknowledge God as a whole. They either are agnostic or atheists, believing that everything in life has a natural physical cause. It's sad to say, but many Christians have the same attitude. They don't realize that the spiritual dynamics behind what's happening in the physical realm. In other words, you know, a lot of us have a natural world view. We are a natural and not a spiritual worldview. Everything we look at, everything going on in life, we look at it from a natural perspective. And there is a natural world, it's temporary, but it, but there's also a spiritual world. And we're not going to get into voodoo and weird stuff and the third eye and all this weird stuff that some people get into, or the inner self and all that stuff. But there is a spiritual world. There is a spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is more real than the natural. To us, humans, uh, the natural realm, for the most part, seems real. But it's not. It's not the real deal. There's something behind uh, all this called the spiritual realm. And uh, the Bible says in, in Romans 8, 8, 6, that to be naturally minded is death. It doesn't just lead to death. It is death. Uh, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so there's a whole world view that, you know, uh, we're not tapping into that we don't realize, not only from a defensive way, but also from an offensive way, if we're going to talk about warfare, you know, it's just a, but, but there's, there, uh, we're limiting that. And I can understand to a certain degree, I can understand the world viewing life that way, but I struggle like with Andrew, and I, 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 he says, um, um, it's sad to say, but many Christians have the same attitude or the same, what I call, worldview. And uh, it just, we should be different. You know, we should be looking at everything differently. You know, you know if the only time you look at things from a spiritual standpoint is on Sunday morning or when you go to church, that is just, that's, that's not healthy. Uh, you know, and uh, I understand we we live in a natural world from brushing our teeth to making our bed to eating food. Uh, we work in secular natural jobs. You know, we have to do different things like mow the lawn and change diapers and all kinds of stuff. And I understand there's a natural aspect that we face all the time. But there's a spiritual world too. And... uh and I understand there's some people that are so spiritually minded they're no earthly good. And I understand that too. We'll get into some of that stuff. But he also said some more things. I want to, actually there's a couple more things. I don't know if you want to say anything here yet, Sherry. But, uh. uh yes. It, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this. Uh, because I, I don't want to, I, I, I want to be clear on this. And I guess the best way is to share from my own example. You know, I had a very sheltered childhood, and it was great. It was fantastic. I would not have changed it. But I was cautioned against what I considered as a child, the spiritual realm being witches and witchcraft and, and evil and, and Satan. But we, we all have to, and I'm just, again, sharing what, as a child, I struggled with until I got the revelation that God is a spirit. And so when we're talking about the spiritual realm, we're also talking about things of God that are part of his spiritual kingdom. And so it, the spiritual realm is not just an evil or bad connotation. It is a godly, magnificent, wonderful uh, thing that God has created. He has created us in his own image. We are spirits who have a soul and live in a body. So this spiritual realm is, uh, yes, it, it, we could talk about the, the bad side of it with, with Satan and whatnot, but we're we're bringing out God's spiritual realm. That's what we're trying to get across for the believer. And it, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible is Ephesians, um, Ephesians one, because it talks about how we are adopted. 
that God chose us, that we are accepted in the beloved. And I, I wish we could just totally talk. I mean, I could talk about just the first chapter of Ephesians for hours, but I know we're, we're limited on time. So I just want to read um, I'll read verses two to six because I, it's a whole long thought. You've got to be aware of where Paul uh, has his punctuation with his periods. But Paul in Ephesians 1, starting with verse 2, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. And it goes more into our inheritance and, and, and things um, but just it starts out with that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Part of our inheritance is that life with God. You know, Jesus went to the cross not just to forgive us our sins, but to take away our sins, but also to reconcile and bring us back to right relationship with God. You know, Jesus himself, uh, uh, and I won't look up the reference because of time, he said that we are to, true worshipers are to worship God in spirit and in truth. And I know I'm paraphrasing, but for the sake of time, I'm, I'm trying to bring it back to, we're talking about the spiritual realm. God is a spirit. Our spirit and God's spirit have communion relationship with uh, one another in the spirit realm and you know we just finished Andrew's book the new you in the Holy Spirit which talks about uh, one example just the speaking in tongues where we're speaking our spirit is speaking spirit to spirit with God that's part of this spiritual realm that we're talking about it's not the only thing because there's so much more to God's kingdom and, and God himself, but I just I want to encourage you to, you know, yes, we're ha we have a spiritual battle. Yes, Satan is real, but that's not the focus. The focus is our, our life in Christ uh, with God. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Andrew also says here uh, in the fourth paragraph of the introduction, he says, most of us, even Christians, don't recognize the intense battle waging all around us each and every day. We don't know the spiritual significance of our choices, words, and actions. We're functionally, functionally ignorant of how these things determine whether we're yielded to God and releasing His power and blessings into our lives or whether we're yielded to Satan and releasing sin and death into our lives. He, he and then he uh, he references uh, <coughs> excuse me Romans six sixteen says do you not know that whom you present yourselves slaves to obey you are that one slave whom you obey whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness and so you know hopefully you're taking in everything we're trying to share here tonight and so uh, I, I don't I can't repeat everything Sherry just said and and things I was sharing before that. But connecting all that together, you know, when we don't realize the spiritual realm, when we don't realize the war that's raging around us. And when I talk about even the war raging around us, I'm not saying that the spirit to to birth a spirit of fear. No, but but there there's a difference between being in fear and being aware of something. Uh, there needs to be an, an awareness. But if we don't have a, a spiritual awareness. We won't sometimes realize whether, as Andrew says here, whether we are yielding to God and releasing His power and blessing our lives, or whether we're yielding to Satan and releasing sin and death into our lives. We need, you know, we need to know uh, who we're yielding to. 
to flesh, Satan, or uh, God. You know, the, Paul says if you if you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you'll reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life and peace. You know, uh, if you if you you know, are we yielding to Satan, are we yielding to the flesh? Uh, both of those have negative consequences, negative fruit to it. Or are we yielding to God? And then the, the and then he references uh, James four seven, which I'll talk I'm sure many times throughout the study. But it says, "Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you." And I teach on this a lot, but uh, you know. A lot of us capture in on the the last part of that verse that says resist the devil. And we're trying to resist the devil out of everything. And I'm not saying there's not things that the devil needs to be resisted out of. At the same point in time, I also don't think the devil's under, underneath every rock. <laughs> you know, some things are just the flesh. Some things are just, you know, part of this fallen world. You know, um, some things are just how the world, uh, world turns. But at the same point in time... That's not how we, 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 a lot of people omit the first part of the verse. Submit to God. What does that look like? You know, if I, <coughs> if I worked for an employer, a job, and I have in the past, when he tells me the rules of the game, I submit to that. You know, based on me submitting those rules, I can do my job. <laughs> I can do my job within the rules of that game. When you play baseball, basketball, football, any sport, you have to submit to the rules of the game. Within the boundaries of that game, you can play that game any way you want, in a, in a sense. You can pitch any pitch you want as a pitcher, as long as you uh, uh, submit to the rules of pitching. If you don't submit to the rules of pitching properly, you know, well, first of all, you might throw a wild pitch or a pass ball or something, but you can also get a balk. A balk is, is, a, is, is a basically, uh, for simple terms, because I can't, I can't define it. It's a, it's a basically an illegal pitch, <laughs> and when you have an illegal pitch and you have someone on base and you get a buck, the runner gets to advance automatically, even if they get the score. And so you know, there's some in football. If you don't play by the rules of the game, you're going to get a flag, and the and the opposing team can go extra yardage, even a touchdown, if it, if, it, if that were to be. In basketball, if you don't play within the rules of the game, the guy can take two free shots, maybe three, you know, and you could lose the game on the free throw. And so, uh, you know, it just uh, you're able to play the game within the rules of the game, but submit to God. You know, how does that look like? God says, by a stripes, I'm healed. Well, the doctor just said I'm sick or I have these symptoms. I just been told I have COVID, whatever the case may be. I'm submitting to the word of God by a strike. I'm healed. I resist, and based on that submission, I resist the devil and he flees. Back in the day, I just I, if I got a cold, well, it's just cold season. It's flu season. It's a, it just something you know. I get so many sick days at work, and I can just uh, have mom call to school, and I don't have to go to school for the day, you know, type of thing. It would just. So it just seemed normal to be sick. But then I realized in the Word of God, it is not normal to be sick. I understand a lot of people get sick in this world and we live in a fallen world. But by God says, uh, by his stripes I shall be healed. I can, Bible talks about how we can walk in divine health and, and different things. And, and so I submit to that. And, I, you know, I can't always control whether a sickness comes in, but I don't have to keep it. I don't have to own it. I don't have to massage it. <laughs> You know, I don't have to welcome it. You know, I'm going to submit to God, resist the devil, and him please. I'm going to say, by his stripes, I am healed. Sickness be gone. And it will go. And so, every once in a while, I get, I get, you know, build my immune system down or, or whatnot. Maybe a scratchy throat trying to come on. I resist that puppy. I mean, it ain't going to stay. Any more than intruders going to stay in my house. You know? We can re- we're supposed to, you know, I can't always control a temptation to sin comes, but I don't have to own it. I don't have to massage it. I don't have to give place to that. The temptation itself is not wrong. It's, it's given into that temptation that becomes sin. And so, you know, any more than I can resist sin, I should be resisting sickness. And I, am I saying everyone who's sick is a sinner? No, that's not what I'm saying. But Jesus paid for my sin and he paid for he paid for my sicknesses as well. By his stripes, I, or we, were healed. 
And so there's a lot here here. When we understand who we are as believers, we believe the word of God. The me submitting the word of, to the word of submitting to God's word is what believers do. You can't submit to something you don't believe. You can't submit to something you don't even know. But as we know the word of God, as we we believe it, we submit to it, and based on that position, we resist whatever is not of God. We can also uh, submit to God's blessings. All the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God by us. And I'm submitting God. God says I am blessed and not cursed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. My storehouse is blessed. I'm going to be a lender of many and a borrower of none. I'm the head and tail. I'm not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am blessed. And I'm blessed to bless all the families of the earth. I can quote scriptures and scriptures bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget now all of his benefits who, who forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. He even restores my youth like good things. He satisfied my mouth with good things. I like that part. You know, I can eat chocolate. Yeah, at the same point in the time, I need to submit the word of God says with all modesty. Uh, you know, and so it's not just all chocolate. It's not all sweets. There's got to be some other things in there too. Steak and potatoes. And there we go. So anyway, uh, I'm hoping to begin to see how this works. You know, the believer's authority. Well, you don't have any authority if you don't believe it. You know, a cop with a badge on has authority, but if he doesn't believe that that badge, if he doesn't believe that he's a cop, if he doesn't believe his authority, that authority doesn't do him any good. You know, when I talk about authority, I usually compare Barney Fife with Matt Dillon. Barney Fife, if you've ever watched the show, Andy Griffin, you know, Barney Fife is a deputy sheriff, but the, the enemy's barking all around him. Barney will lock himself into jail after after a period of time. You know, everyone's laughing at Barney because he just uh, he has a loud loud bark, but he has he he's not secure in who he is. But Matt Dillon from the, the from the old uh, Western show Gunsmoke, you know, Matt Dillon is very secure in who he is as a U.S. Marshal, and so he's very secure. You know, he doesn't want to use that gun, but he's not afraid to use it if he needs to because he knows his authority. And when we know our authority, we can use it. And when we don't know our authority, we're just going to be like a Marty Five. And the enemy's going to run all over us with sicknesses and every evil thing. But we can be, you know, we, you can't, res you can try to resist the devil like a Barney Fife, or you can start resisting the devil like a Matt Dillon. And, uh, and, uh, or even Andy Griffin. Andy Griffin didn't even wear a gun and get the, you know, he didn't lock himself in jail. And so, uh, uh, anyway, I know these are just TV shows, but I'm trying to make a point. And, and, it's, and I'm glad they've made that point because, you know, again, pointing the finger at me and, and my childlike faith growing up until I got Revelation, you know, I, I thought resisting the devil or resisting sickness or whatever it might be, um, I, I didn't understand my authority in, in Christ, what I figured it out to be with my childlike mind at the time was if I'm stubborn enough, so if I if I hold my ground enough, if I'm you know not letting the the whatever it is uh, that's coming against me to have um, uh, precedence, then you know, that was that was me using my authority, and I wasn't going to get sick because I was thinking I'm not going to get sick, I'm not going to get sick. But that that was a total miss, miss uh, I don't know what to call it. It was just a total misunderstanding in my own child mind of what it meant to resist the devil or to resist sickness. But when I understood who I was in Christ, the authority that God himself has given me through Jesus... That's what helped me understand this spiritual realm. That's what helped me, um, you know, understand this James 4 verse about submitting to God, then resisting the devil. When I, because everywhere I turned around, there was messages that people were they're preaching on about resisting the devil, but no one ever said the first part of the verse or talked about it, which was submitting to God. When I submit to God, and for what he says about me, for what he says about a situation, 
then the, the devil's going to flee because that's when I can hold my ground. No, God says this. God's word says this. God says this. Because God is truth. But God be true and every man a liar. You know, the enemy can lie up the wazoo and we give in to it, to, whether it be temptation or whatever lie he throws at us. We give in to it because in our natural mind, um, we're seeing in the natural the lies of the enemy or listening to the lies in our, our, our mind. But when we read God's word and God's word says that we're victors, that God's word says that we're healed, that God's word said this is what Jesus did for you. That's the truth. That's what we stand on. That's how we resist. That's how we understand our authority in Christ. Right. I have some more things I think I can piggyback on, but I think we'll get into it in time. So that's the introduction. Uh, we're, we're barely getting into this. We're just testing the waters here. So we're going to get into chapter 1 here. Uh, we won't get very far uh, the way we're going, because this is just good stuff. Uh, but we're in a spiritual battle. That's the title of chapter 1. We are in a spiritual battle. And so it's not a natural battle. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We are in a spiritual battle. And so if we have a spiritual battle, we have to use spiritual weapons. Okay? The natural weapons won't work here. Okay? Um, and so uh, we're just going to uh, read it section by section, see how far, far we get. So, okay? Okay, we're in a spiritual battle. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 12. God's word reveals that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but demonic powers. Our fight isn't against people but the spiritual forces influencing them. However, most of us simply don't recognize the role that the spirit realm plays in what occurs in our daily life. We think it's just human, natural. But the devil is busy influencing people every day. It's useless to debate whether or not an individual is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed. When the New Testament calls someone demon-possessed, the Greek word there literally means demonized. They are under the influence and therefore control of the devil. This issue people make about whether someone is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed isn't in the scriptures. The truth is that people all around the world today are being influenced, controlled, and used to whatever degree by the devil. Okay, this is good, and uh, you know, there's some really good nuggets here just in the intro of chapter one here. We're in a spiritual battle. He uses, uh, he starts off with the, the infamous scripture from Ephesians 6, talking about our spiritual warfare and our weapons and whatnot, and we'll get into that in a little more detail later, um, you know, but let me just let me just highlight actually something I wasn't going to pass over, but uh, it says, find my brethren, be strong to the Lord and the power of his might. But put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, whenever I look at that word wiles of the devil, I think of Wile E. Coyote in the Roadrunner cartoon. I don't know if you've ever seen the Roadrunner cartoon, but Wile E. Coyote is always trying to do something to capture and destroy the Roadrunner. You know, he's, he, he's, he doesn't give up. No matter how many times, no matter what he does, Wiley doesn't give up, but he's wily about it. Okay? He's very crafty about it. He's very, uh, how would you describe Am I describing Wiley okay? Okay? So, you know, but we are in a spiritual warfare, and if we don't know it, we're not going to know how to get past the Wiley and go beep beep. You know? Uh, it seems like the roadrunner always got by and, and uh, whatever Wiley was trying to do, he, he ended up doing it to himself, you know. But we won't know how to properly resist the devil. Uh, we won't know how to submit to God so we can resist the devil and go beep beep if we don't uh, even know the battle is at right. We don't even know what the battle is, let alone what we're submitting to. 
And then three times in this passage, he uses the word stand. We're not, you know, so much wrestling. He, he only uses the word wrestling once, but he talks about standing three times. No, wrestling is not my sport. Uh, I know we had it in PE back in, uh, in junior high and high school. I never liked wrestling one. I just didn't like wrestling with a sweaty body. And uh, that just would mean that there was no, uh, I mean, I was at the win because I didn't want to touch it. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to wrestle with somebody who was sweaty and whatnot. I just let them win and be done with it. And so, uh, but anyway, forget all that. Let that go. You know, when you wrestle, usually you are on the on the mat and wrestling around, getting nowhere, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But when you're standing, you don't wrestle usually standing up. You might start out that way. And uh, but anyway, um, I'm just going to go forward for a moment. He says, you know, um, he talked a lot about here about how spiritual forces are influencing people. You know, spiritual forces are influencing people all the time. Not just the world, but even us believers. For instance, remember Peter? In one moment, he gets a revelation that Jesus is the Christ. And Jesus commends him and says, This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Spirit of God. And in the very next, it seems almost the very next breath, Jesus is talking about going to the cross. And Peter is like, No! God, kind of like almost basically God forbid. And Jesus rebuked him and says, get behind me, Satan. One moment, Peter gets a, get a revelation from the Spirit of God. And the next breath, Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan. I don't think Jesus, I don't think Peter in that instant became demon-possessed, oppressed, or anything. It just, he had, a, he did have a <coughs> Revelation by the Spirit of God, but he also had a influence, or could I say, revelation by the devil. As and, and, and you know, from a natural perspective, he didn't. Peter did not want to see Jesus die. No one, you know, there's no time that I watch that Easter Easter story, and and even uh, all the movies we have don't even do justice to how Jesus was marred on that cross. But there's nothing about that that is pleasing to my eyes from a natural perspective. All that gory and detail and all that suffering. What I do appreciate and what I do love about the, the, the Easter story about the cross is why he did it. And what he was accomplishing through the cross. But the cross itself was gory. You know? And, uh, and if he's my friend, my master, my brother, and, you know, I don't want to see him suffer. But I'm so glad he did for me, and I appreciate that. I hope you're getting my point across. But I th- I'm trying to bring out this influence. The devil influences people all the time, even pastors, even ministers. He can even influence Andrew Womack or anyone else if we let him. I'm not saying he is or, or has. Or I, I'm not saying, you know, but... The devil influences people. That's what he uses. He comes in as an angel of light. And then there's this other thing, and I, I love how Andrew brings this out, and I'll probably uh, piggyback on this some more throughout the study, because to me this comes up a lot, especially when we're talking about spiritual warfare. He says it's useless to debate whether or not an individual is possessed, oppressed, or simply depressed. When the New Testament calls someone demon-possessed, the Greek word literally means demonized. They are under the influence that I just talked about, and therefore control the devil. This issue people make about whether someone is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed isn't in Scripture. The truth is that people all around the world today are being influenced, controlled, and used to whatever degree by the devil. You know, even sickness. You know, there's, uh, uh, in, the ones, in my opinion, is an oppression of the devil. All I know, if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. If it's good, it stays, and I submit to it. And if it's not, I resist it. I'm not, I might be, be resisting what they say, like Peter, and not resisting Peter. I hope I'm, I'm making that, that sense. 
So people can be influenced by the Satan by Satan all the time. Even good meaning well uh meaning people, believers. Like Peter. Peter was a believer. Okay? But at the same point in time, Satan when Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan, he wasn't telling Peter to leave, he was telling Satan to go. Satan was influencing what Peter said. And so, in other words, Peter was saying, by the influence of Satan, Jesus don't go to the cross. If Jesus didn't go to the cross, we would, we're all, from Adam till now, we are all, we have no hope. That would be the worst thing ever. That was definitely influenced by Satan, what he said there. But just moments earlier, when he was influenced by the Holy Spirit, that he's a Christ, yes. And that's why the cross was so significant, because he was a Christ. Okay? And so, even on our best day, and I think that was a pretty good day for Peter. He scored it right just a minute ago. But at the same point in time, just a moment later, he was influenced by the Satan. You know, he got his flesh in the way. You know? And, 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 uh, and so, anyway... I think what Andrew's saying here, don't get, don't spend all of your energy on trying to find is this person oppressed or depressed or what. It just got to go. And spend your time knowing the Word of God, knowing the Spirit of God, having a relationship with God. And when you encounter something someone does or says, you can rebuke it. Not them, because he said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But there are some things, you know, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, but every word that rises up in judgment against us, we shall condemn. There's just sometimes some people, people I love, people I like, people I I even uh, admire, say some things I don't agree with that are not God. And I'm going to rebuke it. Not them, what they said. Or maybe what they did. There's a difference there. Don't get all caught up on, on trying to analyze the devil. Get all caught up in trying to know the word and know the truth. And when you counter something that's not truth, just rebuke it and move forward. Okay? Jesus was never uh, condemning Peter. He condemned what he said. And there's a major difference between the two. Anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, and just, you know, don't... Don't be put off by some of the things that we're trying to explain. This, this is a, a subject that, in a sense, will set you free, but also can at times, while we're trying to explain it to the, the, the best way possible, can be a little hard uh, to take in or even confusing. And we're trying really hard not to confuse uh, the thing is, we we do have a really real spiritual realm, uh, like we we've been talking about. God is spirit. Yes, we've been talking about resisting the 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 devil, and we're kind of going in almost like through the back door by coming from the back of the verse to talk about resisting the devil. When the first part of the verse, submitting to God is what this whole book is about and what Andrew and uh, we will be talking about and explaining in depth and in detail about, about submitting to God because that's, that's where we're going to be getting this believer's authority to be able to resist the devil. And yes, we're spending a little bit of time about the devil just because he is real. He is out there. He is influencing people uh, at times ourselves. And you might be thinking, no, no, he's not. I'm a Christian. He can't be. Well, let <laughs> again, pointing the finger at me. If I haven't been in God's word, I could easily fall into temptation or the lies of the enemy or let things like even... The simple things like being tired or being hungry influence me so the words out of my mouth are not godly. That is the very light scale, end of the scale as far as the enemy influencing. There, there's, there's more 
obviously to it about what he influences. You know, he can influence uh, and tempt someone to commit rape or to kill someone or just all these ungodly things. I mean, look at what's going on in the world. Obviously, Satan is getting in, in people's minds to promote things like homosexuality or gender issues or whatever sin. And I'm not pointing fingers at these individual sins. I just know that Jesus is the answer for everything. The enemy is going to twist morals and integrity and and like Dave said, that he's an angel of light. So he's trying to influence, say, well, you got to be nice to this person. So we need to let them have their way with this. But he's undermining and influencing things that are not godly to have precedence um, in any which way he can. And hopefully I'm, I'm making sense because I want to get back to the, the study. I'm just trying to explain hopefully better um, what we're trying to get across about how that the devil is influencing us maybe on a, a very light scale or a very heavy dark scale but the point is he is out there stealing killing and destroying he is trying to undermine the word of god he is trying to get our all of our focus off god off of what jesus did for us but he's a liar and a thief. So I encourage you to uh, to just take a moment to to listen to what Andrew has to say, to to what Dave and I are are, are sharing, and and weigh it with the Word of God to realize that as a believer, we do have authority that Jesus Himself gave us, and we. We as believers are um, not only accepted in the beloved, but we have we have a, posi a position, a place of power in this world because we are the sons and daughters of Almighty God, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Right. Good stuff. Um, well, we're almost out of time. I think we have enough time to read one more little section. Uh, proper perspective. Many Westerners honestly believe that all the demons are over in some third world country. But anyone who is spiritually perceptive, perceptive knows that there is an abundance of demonic activity anywhere you go in the world, including the West. We just tend to look at things as being normal and natural for this day and age. We miss the fact that the origin of many things that happen in our day things that tick us off and come come against us, is spiritual. We fail to recognize the spiritual influence behind it. If you were to adopt the biblical mindset, it would make a huge difference in the way you respond. You'd recognize that it's not that person who sits next to you at work. It's not your neighbor, your spouse, or your circumstances that are really what's coming against you. They can be influenced, inspired, and used of Satan, but they themselves aren't really the source. When you genuinely understand that this isn't a physical battle, it changes the way you respond. I get a lot of hate mail and criticism because of the things I say. There was a time when I took these things personally and thought, why is this individual so upset with me? I just looked at their criticisms and always tried to deal with them on the human level. Since then, I've come to recognize that Satan is the one who's trying to get my attention off of what God has told me to do. I recognize that the enemy is using some person to come against me. He's trying to gain an inroad into my life so he can steal God's word from me. Mark 4, 16 and 17. But because I look beyond the individual and don't take their comments personally, I'm able to put things into proper perspective and deal with it differently. I've actually had some good friends come against me. Even though they did some pretty mean things, I've been able to look past that and forgive them. I recognize that they had a sensitivity in some area that Satan took advantage of and used them against me. I haven't been bit angry or bitter against them because I understood what the devil was trying to do. Since then, they've turned around and realized what happened. 
we've been able to completely reestablish our friendship because I recognize that it wasn't those people, but Satan trying to get at me. <clears throat> it'll, a lot of good stuff here. I don't know how much long we'll be able to, to go because we're running out of time. But, you know, Andrew's just sharing some of his own testimony how Satan has influenced people both uh, through hate mail, people that are not even part of his ministry per se, but just hate mail, uh, just, you know, coming against his teaching and as well as friends. Uh, that's a little more personal. They come and, 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 and sever the, the friendship and whatnot because of uh, um, different things going on. And say how Andrew was able to look past the, the hate mail and the different things as well as the friends uh, coming against them and doing things against them or saying things against them or just thinking things against them. Uh, because of he knew what was behind it, he knew the source, and he didn't one he didn't get all bent out of shape, and also he was able to forgive them and move forward. You know, Sherry and I are not in the same degree Andrew has gone into any of this, but we've had our share of, of hate mail. We've had our share of, uh, of of some of this stuff, friends doing things against us and and betraying us and and slander and all kinds of stuff. We actually went through a pretty uh, to us was a long season of this uh, in recent years and uh, you know it, and it's only by the grace of God that we're still where we are today but and Andrew even says uh, here that um, I come to recognize that Satan is the one who's trying to get my attention off of what God has told me to do and that was you know there's so many times during all this stuff that we've gone through in, in recent times and whatnot, and I'm not going to go into all that detail of what it was but enough, enough that I can relate to Andrew and uh, uh, to a certain degree. And there was so many times because of the, because of who did it, and the, and the friends that we thought were just loyal, true friends, and they betrayed our trust and they betrayed us in, in a very big way. That it, it, it hurt us. It hurt deeply. Um, and I, I did let, we did let it hurt us. Uh, you know, and it was hurtful. But I remember in all that hurt and all that pain, there were times I even, I wanted to quit, I wanted to stop. But I realized just by saying those words and say, thinking those thoughts that that was Satan trying to get me off my game. I knew, I knew what I knew that I knew that I knew what God had called me to do. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that all this other stuff was just nothing but pure evil and wrong and, and just a bunch of lies and a bunch of a junk, and I can use other words that I shouldn't use to describe it. But at the same point in time, I just knew that God, that the enemy was trying to get me out of my game. He was influencing all this. I don't think all these people were of the devil, but some of the stuff was just pure evil. Some of the stuff, it was just demonic, some of the stuff that was going on. But at the same point in time, you know, uh, I can't keep my focus there. I have to submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. I have to go back to... Uh, who, who, uh, back to the verse I would read, I started off reading from Romans 10. Do you not know to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You, you are that one slave. Am I going to be a slave to being a victim or being betrayed or being unfriended or whatever the case, however you want to, or, or hate mail or violence or, or whatever? Or, or am I going to be, serve God? No, I don't serve them. I serve God. And, Am I going to allow them, or what they, the devil's trying to do through them, is shipwreck my life and my ministry? Or by God's grace, am I going to submit to God, resist the devil, and move forward? And I, I'll, I'll be honest, there's times where I have to make that decision daily, and sometimes many times throughout the day, where I'm saying, I'm going to submit to God and resist the devil who flee. And I, I, you know, and I, I gotta let, rather than me just being like a dog licking my wounds, I gotta be able to allow God to be my healer, sustainer, and bringing some true friends in my life, uh, that are not like that. And, and, and what different things. Hopefully, I'm, I'm just trying to make a point. I'm trying to connect with Andrew here, and hopefully with some of you. You know, it's just, uh, we need to have the right perspective. What is the right perspective? We need to hear from God. We need to submit to God. We need to resist the devil, yes. Not the people. Maybe what they've done. Some things that we don't need to address. We we might address it to a certain degree in some things. But then we just choose to move forward. 
You know, I, there's no sense just being two dogs fighting. You know, we need to go forward. And uh, and and so we've chosen to do that many times. But uh, but by God's grace, because we know what God has called us to do, we're going to submit to that. If we get so caught up in in all this junk. We're not doing what God's called us to do because God didn't call us to come fight. God called us to come preach the gospel. <laughs> and so, um, and hopefully I'm making sense. I'm just using my story and some of the things that we've gone through that are very dear and have been very, uh, you know, uh, on the verge of these things, if I allowed them to, could shipwreck me big time. You know, and I felt shipwrecked. But I allow God to be my healer, my restorer, and my guide, and he got, we're reaching people. We're reaching, I, I mean, we had just an incident back in July-ish, and now we have, we're reaching over 5,500 people. I don't know if I said that right, but, but you know, five, over 5,000 people uh, uh, through our ministry. For us, that's phenomenal, you know. And uh, anything you wish her? I just want to piggyback. I know Dave talked about this already. You know, Andrew uh, was bringing out the proper perspective to have when when things go against you, uh, when it seems to be people coming against. And, you know, we, we can very easily fall into the temptation of being bitter or take offense of, at things that, that happen against us. And that is the enemy trying to influence us. Um, but I, I love how how Andrew said that he had come to recognize that Satan is the one who's trying to get his attention off of what God has told him to do. He's also trying to gain an inroad into my life so he can steal God's word from me. See, that's the main, the main thing that Satan is trying to do is distract us from our God-given purpose and take and steal and destroy the word that God's planted in our heart. Those are just the, the, the two main things, and I'm really glad that Andrew brought them out because the enemy is going to try any which way he can uh, to take those, both of those things away from any of us. Every person on this earth has a God-given purpose. Yes, some people are not following after God, so they're not not living in their purpose. I get that. It's our, it, God gave mankind freedom of choice. We can either serve God and follow after Him or not. That is mankind's choice. So yes, there are people out there who is, who have chosen not to follow God. But... Every single person, whether they follow, follow God or not, has been given a God-given purpose. God has created each one of us for a relationship with Him and for something beautiful. He has thoughts and plans to, to prosper us and, and to give us life and hope. But again, not everyone is choosing to, to follow that path. But as believers especially, because we're talking about believer's authority the enemy is trying his darndest to keep us from the path that God has called each one of us to do so I again I'm really happy that Andrew brought it out because the the thing that the enemy hates the worst is for a believer to live out what God has planned and purposed for their life and uh the, the enemy knows that he is under Jesus' feet. Jesus has already uh, won the battle, but Satan can't handle that. And he's trying to, to deceive believers into thinking that we're nothing, that we can't be used by God, that we're just horrible and sinners and 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 God's not happy with us and you know the the list goes on but that's not the case with God God has a tremendous wonderful purpose for each one of us he loves each one of us he's not disappointed at us he's not mad at us all he's doing is waiting for us to come to realize that oh my gosh god you love me even though i messed up 
you have a, a purpose and a plan for me. You do want me blessed. That God is just, he's such a loving father and he wants the best from for us. But we do have a real life enemy, Satan, who is trying to de deter us from all that God has for us. You know, I, I really wish we could have dived into Ephesians 1 and that's just the tip of the iceberg to what God has for us, his chosen, his, his beloved. Um, and uh, Andrew's setting the stage here. We've only gotten into chapter one, but we, we as believers have just a, a wonderful life in God. Um, if we can get our eyes off the obstacles, off of what Satan's, trying to, to throw in our face and into and have our focus be on God and God's word and God's truth. Well, that's awesome. So we're, well, we're out of time today. This is just uh, session one. I know we're going to have many more to go. All these sessions will be archived on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. <coughs> well, Lord, we just worship you. We thank you. For the cross, we thank you for our Lord that we can believe in you. We can believe God. And Lord, uh, maybe some of us have been gone through some horrible things like we've gone through or whatnot. Lord, we're, teach us afresh to submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Teach us how to submit to your word. Teach us how to believe your word because you said the gospel is the power of God to everyone. Who believes and so Lord, we want your power in our lives and your influence to be the most dominant influence in our lives bless us as we go we bless this country we bless whatever nations might be listening Pakistan and others that might be listening we worship you Lord we glorify you in the name of Jesus amen God bless you guys have a good week We'll see you Sunday, 10.30 here, 11.15, uh, live stream uh, there. All right, God bless you.